The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Earlier, we were talking with financial analyst Michael Campbell about the impact of COVID-19. We were talking about oil prices and the Canadian economy. He touched on ways he believes Canada can get through this. It's a topic, you know, that so many are discussing right now, including Edmonton Global, which is the first regional economic development corporation in the region working to create partnerships on all levels. So on a local level, provincial level, federal level, world level. Um, They've just put out a policy paper. It's called Road to Resilience and Recovery. It has a number of recommendations for the province. And we're joined this afternoon by the VP of Strategy and Innovation at Edmonton Global, Lynette Tremblay. Hi, Lynette. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jalen. All right, let's start with this. Who did you work with to develop this policy paper? Let's find that out first. Uh, well, we since uh, the pandemic really took off, um, we've been convening a group of uh, over 70 organizations across the region from municipalities to chambers, uh, real estate, post-secondary, and we've been having weekly conversations about uh, the impacts of COVID, but also some of the ideas we've been seeing uh, both locally and, and from other jurisdictions. And uh, we worked pretty closely with groups like Applied Pharmaceutical Innovation, Health City, the Alberta Motor Transport Association, the airport, uh, to really hone in on what we can do right now to stabilize and protect our economy, but also to set the conditions for a strong recovery. Okay, so Lynette, before we get to um, the those recommendations, and you can go online at Edmonton Global and you can find the link to it and you can read it yourself. It's about 25 pages long. There's an executive summary. There's a list of recommendations. But there was a couple of other things in there that I found really interesting. Before we get to that... Um, First off, you yeah, you talk about resiliency and recovery, and there's there's definitely um, a difference between them and the timing of them. Can you expand on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I mean we we looked at during the crisis period and the immediate post crisis period as about a three to six month window, depending on how you look at it. And uh, that's a different consideration than the recovery period, which is over okay. the you know 12 to 18 months and beyond. Um, and there are things that we need to do now to uh, protect uh, our supply chain, to, to shore up our export capacity and basically keep us in business in the short term and then set the conditions so that we can come out of this stronger and we can be ready to compete in the new normal. And that's when the recovery begins. Lynette, there was a risk assessment done of the sectors if um, coronavirus triggers a global recession based on the last two global recessions and kind of you had it uh, divided into high risk, medium risk and low risk. Can you give us an idea of, of, uh, of some of those categories, some of those industries that kind of fall into a couple of those categories? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, the high risk sectors are really the ones that we've seen hardest hit in the short term, that's yeah. including energy, automotive, um, the aerospace industry, airline industry, and tourism. Um, and that's not to say that that is absolute, because we've seen in the automotive sector, they've slowed or paused operations, but they've been investing more in research and development 
and on the technology side. So it's just a matter of their stock prices, essentially, and their economic activity. But we're seeing uh, a lot of activity in the pharmaceutical space. E-commerce is certainly taking off. And all of those tech-enabled industries, including renewable energy. Uh, Lynette, I found it interesting. There was a series of um, graphs, some modeling done on um, the response of public health um, and the impact on the economy. Can you go into that just a little bit? Tell us uh, uh, about, um, you know, having a, a tighter response to a more looser response and the impacts that it had. Our um, our economic uh, strength and recovery and how we experience this shock is is very closely tied to our public health response. But it's really a two-pronged approach. So um, the McKinsey and company and others have done some modeling that looked at uh, scenarios where there's a strong public health response, uh, such as we've seen in Alberta, where we've done an effective job of mitigating or eliminating the spread of COVID, as well as uh, an effective policy response to stabilize the economy. And those jurisdictions that do both of those things will uh, come out far better than any other jurisdictions. Those who do the effective policy response but do not limit the spread of COVID are not going to be able to come out of this anytime soon. Uh, Lynette Tremblay from um, Edmonton Global. She's the Vice President of Strategy and Innovation there. They've put together a policy paper. It's called Road to Resilience and Recovery and really just uh, a little bit of a, of a blueprint on, on, on how to recover uh, in this province from COVID-19. So in, in some of your recommendations, and we've heard, we've heard a lot about supply chain during this, uh, Lynette, and supply chain and the supply chains and uh, stabilization of that, um, it, it tops the list. Can you can you tell us about that? Well, I think um, pharmaceuticals and uh, the per- personal protection equipment, uh, the disruptions those supplies has really made supply chain top of mind across the world. Um, what I found interesting about the pharmaceutical space is that uh, the Canada is the third largest importer of pharmaceuticals. We get most of them from the U.S. But the U.S. doesn't actually have the inputs. They just do the final packaging and processing. Most of their 70 to 90 percent of their pharmaceutical inputs come from China. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same goes for India as well. Most of theirs, and they're one of the world's largest pharmaceutical manufacturers. Most of their inputs come from China. So we have a really dispersed supply chain. And uh, it's causing a lot of conversations that are focusing on relocalization of bringing a lot of those pieces closer to home. And uh, in the short term, we have the capacity to do that. So Applied Pharmaceutical Innovation is already uh, shifting their operations to focus on trying to produce some of those drugs that we're seeing a, a potential shortage of. And we can pivot a lot of our chemical labs and manufacturers towards doing that in the short term. And that was one of our recommendations. We're not suggesting over the long term that we move everything back home. Uh, We're an exporting jurisdiction and it's in our best interest to to be that way. But uh, one of the things that we've seen in spades is that when whole countries shut down because of globalization and the interdependence on each other, uh, it causes major disruptions in in our supplies.
Lynette, we have seen a number of local companies uh, pivot to meet the demands um, of the immediate situation. And, and I, off the top of my head, I'm going to say, okay, you look at some of the distillers turning around and making hand sanitizer. Um, and, and, and this is a part of one of your recommendations as well, is about you know supporting these these companies who are able to do this. And you also mentioned the Bits and Bytes program that uh, Premier Kenny announced uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, what what do you think that allows for? Well, I think it's great to to get that inventory of companies that are able, willing, or already pivoting to to help stem this supply. Uh, but what we're finding was what re, what's required from a lot of companies is actually a financial investment in order to do so. And they want to step up. They want to help their community because that's what we do as Albertans. But in the short term, this is where government can help them bridge that financing. So we're suggesting something along the lines of a uh, no interest bridge loan for companies who need to either scale up or pivot their operations to manufacture some of these goods. One of the things that you're talking about in this, and, and actually goes into quite a bit of depth in it, is um, is uh, combined the expansion and the combination of the 5G network, that broadband network. And you're saying we need to make win-win investments now, and in your eyes, this would be one of them. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, <laughs> from a, from an international uh, investment attraction perspective, we've spoken even recently to international site selectors, and they basically told us that it's an expectation now that metro regions are well-equipped with broadband access across the region. If you're not, you just don't even make it on the list, let alone the short list. Mm-hmm. And to give you uh, a sense of kind of the smattering across the Edmonton region, uh, Spruce Grove recently did... Uh, a study and and did a, an action plan, and uh, the CRTC set the standard at 50 megabytes per second of download speed, and Spruce Grove's uh, commercial areas are sitting at 16 megabytes per mm. second. Hmm. So how can we expect our businesses to compete, uh, our yeah. existing businesses, let alone to attract new? Well, this has been, you know, this has been talked about um, in Edmonton for the past couple of years. I've I've heard it talked about. We've talked about it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I guess we're saying, you know, this has been, there's been no action on this, or there's been a number of plans, a number of discussions, but now is the time to invest because it's become so much more important now than it ever was. It's not just a matter of sitting on a video call and your face freezing in an unflattering facial expression. <laughs> this is affecting people's ability to do their business. And, uh, I mean, even when the economy does start to reopen, uh, we've been hearing from the experts that we're probably going to be in a social distancing reality for probably upwards of a year. So Mm -hmm. with all that entails, are we really ready to compete in that kind of reality? The other thing about broadband and, and government investing in it, they can partner with private sector to invest in it, but it not only generates immediate economic activity, but a lasting economic impact. Lynette, uh, one of the things it says in uh, kind of the approach area of this, it says the speed and agility of government bodies. If there was ever a time that government needs to move at the speed of business, it's now. Um, Let's talk (laughs) just a little bit about that. The speed of business and the speed of government, I I think maybe is like the the rabbit and and the turtle there or something, whatever that, the the turtle and the hare. Um, 
how what's the message that you're t- sending to the province right now when it comes to dealing with this it's time to get moving i'm guessing is what it is yeah basically um there are some things that we feel uh, need to be enacted immediately but even once you pass legislation or you make a policy pronouncement uh, it's the implementation part that also needs to be speedy and that's where we i mentioned that regional network earlier on in in our conversation and we're basically saying to the government you can utilize all of us we're here we're ready we're willing to help you and to help our businesses in economic recovery i think we we look at the federal government and they're putting out supports but what we're hearing from businesses is that they're not getting to the businesses quick enough to make a difference Uh Okay. Interesting. Lynette, we're pretty much out of time and there was a lot in this in this policy uh-huh. uh, in this policy paper. Is there anything in there that you really want uh, folks to know about? Something that for you jumped out that you think is really, really important? I think the, the whole undertone of the policy paper is really about um, the ability of all of us, including government, to come together, but also to think differently. Um, you know, the the title of, of uh, the article that we put out was called It's Time for to, for New Bold Ideas and Action. And that's really all this is about. So um, we're putting out some ideas. Others are putting out ideas. But they have to be followed by action, collective action. Mm, yeah, well, we know oftentimes uh, things end up just sitting on a, on a shelf collecting dust. But I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that all levels are looking at uh, different ways to neg- navigate us through the next, uh, through the coming, wa- uh, com- coming months. Uh, Lynette, uh, you can read more uh, about this policy paper at edmontonglobal.ca is the website. It's the emergent stories. It says, as Lynette just said, now is the time for bold ideas and action. Some great ideas in there, Lynette, and I appreciate you taking the time to join us this afternoon. Thanks for the opportunity, Jalen. You betcha. That is Lynette Tremblay, who is the Vice President of Strategy and Innovation at Edmonton Global. Not Global Edmonton, but Edmonton Global, and it's edmontonglobal.ca. You can check it out on their website. Lots of interesting thoughts uh, in it, and not a bad read. Like It's about uh, 22, 22 pages or so.